You're listening to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women leaders, founders, and CEOs come to break free from binge eating so they can have more peace, energy, and make a bigger impact while enjoying the foods they love. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about why is it so hard to stop eating when you start? What is it that causes the behavior to be so difficult to stop it in its tracks, to, you know, avoid the behavior again um, when you are in the throes of the cycle of binge eating? Why is that so hard? We're going to be talking about that today about what particularly about binge eating is so difficult to stop and what you can do in order to change that experience, to actually flip that on its head, to have it feel not hard, but actually easy. And this is 100% possible. I know it because I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in my students. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into this. If you're like many women who've struggled with binge eating, you may have thought that you had your eating under control, but then life stress came in, which causes you to slip back into old habits. You might have experienced the black and white, all or nothing thinking that sneaks up on you, you know, right when you think you're finally achieving balance, or you might feel like, you know, you, you do, you do well for several weeks, three, four weeks, but then as soon as, you know, again, that life stress comes in or you feel anxious or stressed or pressured or, you know, there's a the um, to-do list is piling up and this is when you feel triggered to eat. And then it feels like once you start, you can't stop. So, you know, again, this is very common. Um, it's something that I experienced myself. And one of the pitfalls that I see people falling into that really tends to perpetuate this, this cycle is mostly around identifying as being someone who eats a certain way because of triggers. So for example, I stress eat. I can't be around certain foods. I emotionally eat. These things are things that are automatically running on loops in our minds. And because they run over and over and over again on a loop, they become beliefs. They become ingrained. And the thing is that when we, you know, continue to think this way, we don't do something to reroute our neural pathways in order to create new pathways of belief about how and who we are as an eater. Well, it leaves you feeling powerless. It leaves you feeling out of control, which then, of course, perpetuates and reinforces that narrative about yourself. But why? Why is it so difficult to change? You know, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've heard people say, you know, I quit smoking just like that. You know, I stopped drinking alcohol. I quit I quit all of these addictive behaviors. Why is this one so difficult? Well, you know, one of the simplest answers to that question is that food is everywhere. 
You know, if you look at the environment that we're in now versus the environment that we were in, say, in the 1940s, um, which is just before the widespread distribution of processed foods, convenience foods, you know, and now not only do you have the processed foods and the convenience foods, but you also have food available at the touch of a finger. And one of the main factors for something becoming a habit is how convenient it is. You know, the more convenient something is, the more likely someone is to do whatever that behavior is. So, you know, the most simple answer really is it's just very easy to do. It is extremely easy the way that our world is set up to overeat, you know, and that's not even to start bringing in marketing, food engineering, and on and on it goes. So the environment really is, and I use this word very intentionally, hostile when it comes to people who struggle with emotional eating and binge eating. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that unlike smoking, unlike alcohol or drugs, and this is going to be pretty obvious as well, you got to eat, you know, eating is something that we can't cut out cold turkey. We have to figure out a way to change enough factors about the way that we live our lives in order to manage the way that we eat. So, you know, whereas with cigarettes, you quit smoking and that means you don't pick up cigarettes anymore. Obviously, that's not possible. That's not an option with food. And that does add another layer of challenge. And, you know, these two factors, the fact that eating is something that we have to do, but when you're doing it in a maladaptive way, that means that basically it's going to require, it's going to require more variables changing than other addictions. Now with other, with kicking other addictions, every, you know, no matter what it is, you're going to have, you're going to have um, shifts that have to happen in your life in general overall. So like, for example, you know, um, if you're kicking smoking, you know, that might involve changing the people that you're spending your time around that might involve um, changing your, some of your rituals, you know, I've never smoked. So I don't personally know what are the things that a smoker would do to break that habit. But because of the fact that when you quit smoking, you simply stop smoking. Well, that means that you're not risking activating that neural pathway, 
unless and until you actually do pick up a cigarette again. So if you give into a craving, right? Whereas eating is something that we typically do at least once a day. And for people that are in the West, it's more like two or three times a day, typically. And, you know, so much of life is really, really revolves around eating in terms of socialization and, you know, events. Usually food is a part of that. You know, you're going to be around food. You're going to be seeing it. You're going to be in situations where you're going to be eating and you just need to eat to survive. So there's no getting out of eating. There's no getting out of figuring out how to eat. And, you know, I don't have to tell you that just simply cutting out certain foods isn't the the solution because if it was a solution, then, you know, I would have no listeners on my podcast, right? Um, So it's not just about cutting out the foods. And, you know, again, going back to point one, when the foods are literally everywhere in the environment, well, you know, considering the fact that seeing food automatically triggers a desire for food, just visually seeing it, that is a thing in our brains, you know, of course, it goes back to survival once again, then, you know, it totally makes sense. It it makes so much sense why people who are able to break numerous addictions will struggle to break this one last addictive behavior. So the question is, well, how do you make that leap? How do you go from really, you know, struggling to stop yourself from picking up food for comfort or going overboard when you don't intend to? How do you make that leap from that to really it feeling easy and effortless when it comes to stopping when you're full or, you know, um, managing your emotions without using food to comfort yourself? How do you make that leap? And what I have discovered in my own life and from helping my students is the number one thing that you can do is really learn to work with your cravings rather than against them. Because here's the thing, cravings are a byproduct. They're a byproduct of something that is actually an inherent part of our biological makeup. It's something that is in the brain. It is a part of our innate reward-based learning system. The way that we were evolutionarily set up to remember where food is, is a big part of this. And so the bottom line is that the way that we use food, you know, regardless of what has happened to create that pattern in us, whether it be, you know, a traumatic childhood, whether it be, you know, just learning poor eating habits from our families of origin, whether it be the marketing that you see or the products that you're eating that actually have been engineered in order to increase the amount of dopamine that is released in your brain to make you just keep eating, which you may or may not know 
is called the snackability factor. No matter how it happened, and I think this is a really key and very powerful point when you really get this, no matter how it happened, your brain learned it. No matter how you got where you are today, through a process that is common to every single human being on the planet, the way that your brain works, it was a learned habit. It was a program that was installed. And it was programmed through, you know, a number of factor, factors, a chemical cocktail, um, a reinforced behavior, and a reward. And that is it. That's the entire formula. And so that's why learning to leverage your brain's reward-based learning system to teach you, to teach your brain what you want it to know about how to eat, how to engage with food, how to engage in your environment is the most powerful way to stop binge eating, to stop emotional eating, and to um, to have peace and freedom in your food choices so that you can, you know, actually effectively lose weight or manage your weight in however you desire. Everyone is different. We all have different goals, different values. But when we're literally in the driver's seat of what we're creating in terms of our eating habits, that's when we can actually align what we want with our behaviors. We can align what we want with our actions. We can actually start to do the things that move the needle for us. That means for you as an individual, as a unique individual, can move the needle on the things that actually matter to you. What do I mean by that? So, you know, for some people, they want to lose weight. As you probably know, if you've been listening for any length of time, I personally support the goal of weight loss for a person who wants that. Why? Because we live in a free country. (laughs) Okay. As far as I knew. And if somebody wants to lose weight, that's their prerogative. And so I support that. But what I also support is for that person to be so in tune with their inner well-being that if they choose to lose weight, it's coming from a place of wanting to do what's best for them that aligns with that inner person that they know they can be. So it's not about validation. It's not about trying to meet some societal standard. And I'm not saying that there's something wrong, even with having societal standards. Like this is really not about that. It's really more about allowing us to enjoy our own experience of life and feel a sense of agency in our experience of life. Because, you know, if you're like most people, you want 
you probably want freedom in your life. You probably want to, you know, feel like you have control over how your life goes in general and to be able to feel like you have power to make an impact in all the important areas of your life. But when you feel like you get out of control every time you eat, well, then you start to feel powerless. You know, you start to feel trapped by food. And what I've seen time and time again is that those who really um, understand how to work with their cravings are those who really are able to gain that sense of freedom in their lives and over their eating choices. And it also creates this sense of peace. It also has all of these added benefits like increased joy, increased sense of well-being, increased sense of presence. They all go hand in hand. So if you're wanting to do exactly what I'm talking about in this episode, if you're wanting to learn how to work with your brain and leverage your reward-based learning system to train your brain how you desire to eat so that you can meet your goals, whether they be to lose weight or to, you know, impact your health in some way through your eating habits, then what I want you to do is get on the wait list for Eat With Balance. The doors are going to be opening soon, very soon here in the month of September. And you can join the wait list and be the first notified. You can go to RashondaYates.com slash waitlist to put your name down on the list. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.